0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live.
1: Hello, I'm Eugene McFadden, and in the slot they've given me, well, it's gonna be, hopefully, like, not a complete disaster. Um, I've got everything pre-loaded. I know where my buttons are. Um, today I'm talking to Alex, not the guy I spoke to last time, who is a teacher deaf in London. This Alex is and Sleep from, well, Twitter. I should he exists somewhere in the real world not quite sure where, I'm going discussing. discuss some, um, well, creative writing. This Let's is start. Teachers Oops.
0: Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out, with Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Is that, is that over? That's over. Excellent. Alex has joined me in the studio. Uh, I can see he's logged in. Hopefully, he can hear me. Um, he's now going to. Oh, look! I'm going to press the invite button. Alex, I'm speaker now. Alex, are you there?
2: Yeah. Seamless.
1: Oh my God! This is like absolute. Like this has never been this seamless. Just, this is clearly good luck. It's,
2: well, I think it's a testament to my professionalism. I suppose. Um, <laughs> I can no, see that. I can see that. I don't know. Um, I get very lucky, and then I take credit for my luck and act like it was the plan all along. How are you, yeah. Eugene? You well?
1: I am good. How are you? Um, well, I'm okay. It's hot today uh, Yeah,
2: yeah. It's not bad. Um, I've, uh, I've managed to pull my uh, strain strain my calf muscle. I'm trying to train for a half marathon. It's not going well because my legs stop working. So um, I'm, I'm disgruntled about that. But apart from that, yeah, I'm pretty good actually. Pretty good. Oh,
1: oh, good, excellent. Um, my not not putting it in, not putting you like training in the shade. But my head teacher today is doing the is doing a hundred kilometer endurance race. Ludicrous. I know. I was like, he's explained it to me a few times. I'm just like. That's that's mental. Why are you doing that to yourself?
2: Yeah. I've got a mate who does things like that to himself and I, I'm convinced he's either completely in love with himself or hates himself. And I can't work out. It's one of the two. Maybe you go around in a circle where your self loathing becomes such that you become your self loathing becomes narcissism. I don't know. Maybe you have to be a narcissist to care about yourself enough to hate yourself. I don't know. That's a philosophical conundrum I suppose we could pick at for a long time.
1: Oh, that'd be a good one. I mean, yeah. ooh, that's quite a good one. I mean, I know you through Twitter and yeah. Yeah, writing and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and you're also neurologically different to most people. or to Yeah, men. I'd
2: say so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things that I'm sort of figuring out in, in real time. And, uh, and for me, t- Twitter. I, I kind of I flit on and off Twitter. I've been I've been on it back on it a bit now. I find for me, Twitter is is an external. Is a, it's about thinking in public. Is the phrase I I use. Yeah. It's what I write. Really, I don't really know what I think until I punt it out there for people to, you know, have at like a bulldog with a steak. You know, and and I've you know I've been I've been savaged on Twitter before. I've I've been agreed with. I've had loads of beautiful reactions to, to things, and I've been surprised a lot, a lot of the time. You know, um, and so I suppose, that, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I'm still figuring out what it means. I suppose to be neuro untypical or neuro neurodiverse, whatever. It's all very new, isn't it? And yeah. and I suppose what, what what I do know is that I'm 35 now, and I suppose on oh is no, it's such a cliche? I've always felt different, um, and it's only when you you meet people who. They say, "Oh, I I felt like this, or I did this. This happened to me." And you go, "Oh my god, this is my life." And and you and you start to think, "Oh, I, I haven't made all this up. I don't. I, I haven't just. I'm not just being silly or over dramatic. This is this is a real thing, I suppose." Um, yeah, and Twitter's a really good place for that, I suppose, for the for the uh, neuro uh, neurodiverse because it strips away um, a lot of the the nonsense that gets in gets in my way in terms of interaction. You get down to the raw text. Um, which is quite nice. I don't know, do you enjoy that as well?
1: I do. I find it, um, it's like, yeah, I've I've, I've said to someone before, they're like, oh, you're interpreting what I said wrongly. You're not Mm. not listening to me. I'm like, no, I'm I'm listening to what you're saying. You're saying is this. If Mm. there's an additional meaning that you're trying to give me for your face, that's not going to (laughs) work. So, yeah, yeah faces
2: are energy. funny, aren't they? I, I like looking at them, faces. I, I like watching what they do. They sort of flap around like sort of flesh cupboards. And, yes, and like I, that.
1: that's a good analogy.
2: Yeah, like a flesh cupboard, you know, except there's never anything good in there, is there? But, but you know, I think, yeah, I I I don't know about you, but for me, I like watching faces because I like then to practise what that face is doing. It sounds really weird, but like I like to try to learn. I, I almost find... I don't know how you feel about like masking, camouflaging that sort of thing, but there's a part of me that enjoys it, and there's a part of me then that, that ends up hating it. Makes me burn out. But you know, when they start doing those things with their faces, and then I, I, I that makes me really fascinated. It is frustrating as well, and it does my head in. But I, I find it very, very curious, very interesting to to know that there's a whole other world of people that are doing stuff with their faces, um, and I won't ever fully be a part of that world.
1: Do you, uh, so do you have like a resting face that doesn't doesn't emote much, makes you think about it?
2: Um, oh, I don't know, really. See, my my, my issue perhaps is, is the opposite maybe to that, because I'm getting the impression that that's you, right? Your kind of resting yeah. face looks. Yeah, you see, I don't stop moving. I get the impression from you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're somebody who seems very still. Somebody, you, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, um, my face is that. very still. Everything yeah. Else Jimmy oh, I never stop
2: bloody moving, and this is yeah. the thing with me. So, so right now, for example, I'm sitting down, uh, but I'm I'm all over the place. I'm I'm moving around. I think it's the ADHD, I suppose. But I, and so as a result, my face is always moving. I'm not always. Mm. A re- I'm often not aware of what it's doing, and often the thing that freaks me out. Say, if uh, someone's videoed me uh, watching myself back, I think, what the hell is that doing? What's that face doing? I don't remember doing that with my face. Um, so for me, I suppose it's the opposite, but also the same. Um, it's it's kind of my own face feels alien to me. I can't even read my own face when I see it back, if that makes sense. It just yeah. sort of just goes. Um, uh, There's that, I've been reading about uh, monotropism recently, you know, that that kind of hyper focus. Yeah, um,
1: quote, special interest, I hate that phrase.
2: Special, special interest. Oh, like, oh, hey, like, yeah. oh, you like trains? It's like, like you're five. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Monotroism. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I just think when I get into that, I don't know what my body's doing, but it's enjoying itself. Yes,
1: you know. Yeah. But I
2: don't know. I kind of, I just become a brain, and I'm seeing, and it's very exciting. And then, of course, you got to join the real world, which is terrible.
1: Oh, the real world's boring. It's um, boring, isn't it? I find when I'm actually hyper I forget that I exist just got the or oh, like i figured that like my
2: yeah. Hey, yeah i'm with you on that
1: i'm just doing the thing that i'm doing and the thing is all consuming yeah and it's like oh it's like four hours later and i need a wee and i'm hungry <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i know it's really really strange isn't it and then, and then i don't know about you but sometimes it's 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 awful when you can't get into that because there's so much else going on and you yeah. know that you just need some time with your own brain and you yeah. know you know what would make you happy is going off and and, and, and fixating on something, you know, in, in that way that only you can. And you can't because the stuff you've got to do and you end up hating that stuff and hating you can't do it. And it all becomes a giant mess, really, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, if I have basically got two attention settings, which is I'm doing this thing intensely or... I'm doing several things half-heartedly.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: There's no that's that's my binary.
3: That's it.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's it for me. Really, it's uh, I'm an on and off switch basically. I'm binary code. Yeah. yeah. I um I think for me, yeah. But the problem with that for me is, and I don't know. I, I, I get the impression you, you combat this a lot with exercise, which I try to. Yes. do, But I yes. always overdo it and I hurt myself. Um. I, I find that I will. I go in these kind of stages of like boom and bust. So I will not be able to focus and get really stressed out about that. And then I'll get to a point where I will hyper focus. You know, I do this with deadlines yeah. as well, but I will wear myself out. And then, you know, and so you've constantly go in, I'm behind, and then you sprint to catch up, and then yep. you fall behind. And I do not know how to get out of that pattern. That's something that I find really stressful because I would say every couple of months, I just somewhere between burnout and meltdown. Uh, Tuesday was was a case in point. It wasn't one particular thing, but I, I tweeted the other day, you know, how I just I just had a rotten series of days, and I could feel it coming like a storm, you know. Mm. And and I just the Tuesday morning, I was physically shaking. One of my one of my things um, when I when I'm close to burnout or meltdown is is my hands just my right hand just shakes just shakes uncontrollably. I can't grip anything. And then and then my forearm goes, and then it goes at my shoulder, and I just start, and then my whole body just starts uh, t- tensing, tightening, and, and that's what was happening. And then my voice goes, and and I, if I I start stuttering, and then I will just lock, and I will just get caught on a word, and I keep saying it, and, and, it, and it infuriates me, and I can feel the walls kind of closing in, and I think, I haven't got long, I, I won't be able to speak him. And so I went to my my head of department, who is who's an amazing amazing woman, and um, and I just said to her, this I am this is happening. This is this is what this is what's happening. And she was saying, right, we'll get you covered, we'll do this. And I was like, no no, I just need some time. I just need some space, and I will go and teach. Don't send me home. That's the worst thing you can do. And I suppose that's the thing that I find really really difficult is when I get worn out. It's that bit. Like I love the highs, the bit where I can just zoom in and have fun and be creative and stay up the whole time and but the the trade-offs horrible and i would love to know how to how to how to level it off but as of yet no idea anyway sorry i will do yeah. this by the way i will talk for about eight hours you must interrupt me if i start to just ramble because i will i'll will forget that there's no, another I, person I,
1: there. I, I quite i quite enjoy listening to you actually oh thank um, you that's really nice for you Gene. no like it it was just a fact um, this is true. That's not nice. It's it's, no,
2: it's not nice. It's a fact. It's, it's
1: excellent. a fact. It's is you know, <laughs> it's, no nice. Sort of, it's,
2: it's nice yeah, for me to just, hear. Let's
1: put it that way. I suppose, yeah. I suppose, yes, yeah. it's nice for you to hear. I just don't particularly care um, yeah. that yeah, is nice it's nice for good. you to say what's across my skull. Um, yeah. I do find that having someone outside of you, I do tend to use my partner an awful lot as like mm. my ex- exterior executive function. Uh, mm. And she'd be like, you got to slow down mm. now. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I've worked 60 hours this week. She's like, "Mm, it's Thursday. (laughs) Um, Walk away from the computer. Um, Yeah, she is quite good at doing those things for me and just kind of like stopping me from going out. Um, But yeah, I tend to, yeah, I need someone else outside of me. Otherwise, I don't have that ability to go, oh, I've gone too far what tends to yeah. happen is I just get sick I do get shakes like you, you described as like sometimes okay. you start shaking and I'm like mm. oh I'm really cold I'm really hot I can't tell mm. um but actually I'm just really 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 tired but I mm. don't know I'm really really, really tired mm.
2: until um, it's too late I think that's the until thing it's isn't too late. it yeah. yeah you have to tip over and then and then you're out of commission um, so I suppose I got a question for you actually I was kind of wondering so, because so, we're both teachers and I, I'm, I'm convinced that there's loads of us um, on, oh, on yeah, the me spectrum too. but, but yeah. I don't, and, and I'm starting to find them and I'm getting a bit obsessed with, with finding out and there's, 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 there's hardly any research out there, there's, there's some stuff um, and increasingly, you know, why I was really happy to come on your show is because I'm hoping that this will maybe open, continue to open doors for, for people. You know, a network of neurodiverse uh, teachers. But I suppose what I wanted to know is, is like, what's life like for you as a um, as a neurologically un- untypical um, teacher? Like, do you, do you think it makes you a better teacher? I mean, um, that may be a stupid. You know, what's it like for you? I'd love to hear what it's like from another teacher's perspective.
1: I think it actually. I think it helps me mm-hmm. mostly because I think a lot of the things. Uh, the first time I started teaching, I actually failed my PGCE. Um, ah. Yeah, I got t- completely burnt out. My first mm. actual proper experience, complete burnt out. For assorted of reasons. Um, mm. Partly one of them was probably the year before I did a two years master's in one year whilst working full time. Um, ah. Which when I say that out loud, <laughs> now, it's like, what was I doing? Uh, and, then <laughs> I went into, and then I went into like teaching and my PGCE like, la la la. Um, yeah, totally burnt out. Just a wreck completely, um, mm-hmm. but such is the way of things. Um, so yeah, so completely crashed and I just became a youth worker and started working at CMH schools um, or EBD as we were back then. Um, I was good at it, so I think i this this about the conversation. This bit of the conversation is because um, a lot of the things that people struggle with, like confrontation, I just don't really care about. Mm. So I will have those awful conversations and they're kind of yeah. like, you know, um, I'm also one of my monotropisms of like the four I have is being a really good teacher. So I'm mm. like being through phases of like, I mean, I relax by going, Ooh, let me learn about teaching. Yeah. It's possibly sad, but you know, possibly not.
2: Um, um, possibly I, don't think it, I don't think it is. I think, I think it's, um, I think um, it's joyful. I, I kind of, yeah. um, that's, uh, I can't remember who it was. Um, I've retweeted something, uh, quote-tweeted something with, with the phrase, your monotropism is your joy. And I, I think it's... Uh, yes, I saw that. I don't think it... But that's why we hate special interests, right? Because it's yeah. almost like it's... Almost like... it's that's like guilty pleasure, isn't it? It's like the autistic... Guilty, I hate that guilty, phrase. Guilty pleasure, which is yeah. just stupid. you either like it or you don't? You know, just... Uh, the idea that your likes somehow need to be policed is, is, is utterly bizarre to me. And it speaks to just how stupid people can be. Um, but... Yeah, that's, okay, that's, it's it's really interesting, because uh, I I, I didn't fail mine, but but I tell you what, it was bloody difficult, and the reason it was for me was an organisational thing, I took a lot of the instruction, literally, when I shouldn't have done, and and by the end, my folder was nothing like what they wanted it to look like, because I thought I understood what they were saying, oh, the folder, I mean, my folder, to be fair, it wasn't really a folder, it was a load of paper in a bag, but it was yes. just something else. and I to be honest with you, I don't know how I got through the organisational parts of that or my NQT year. Um, I just had, p- I had good people. I've been really lucky. I've had good people around me, good people who seem to like me enough to uh, to want to help me with the stuff that I'm really annoying at, I suppose. I've,
1: I, I've had the same thing. I literally have people, I have like someone could one of my diary for me uh, mm. and she's always like, you're doing too much. I'm like, well, I've got to do these things. <laughs> Uh, and someone else doing all the kind of like SE and admin in the background because to be a really good Senko you need someone behind you finding things away for you Mm. otherwise it's just you lose so much time to like all the reports uh, and the uh, requests, referrals, everything else Mm. Uh, I mean my team has done 167 referrals to outside agencies this year Mm. already
2: and that's, that's, you know So, so I think in terms of the uh, there's this kind of two things actually because uh, yeah, you being a senko is interesting to me because I've been thinking about it for myself recently. I'm currently a lead practitioner in the English department, but I kind of the idea of um, if I think about the research, so much research about uh, people who are disabled, uh, people with needs, etc., etc., is done by people from outside neurotypical people, typical people, that norm- yes. normative people, who then pathologize those within, in terms of a deficit model. Yes. And I was just thinking, I, I wrote down something the other day, I wrote down a question, you know, how many senkos are sent? And I thought, I bet it's not many, because how many psychiatrists, um, you know, are themselves in need? Or, you know, how, how many of them are neurologically untypical? And, and, and I just, I don't think it's the case. I think it's changing; that the tide is changing. You know, it's that uh, "nothing about us without us" matters the disability um, community. Um, but I think I, i as as so I suppose, what am I trying to say? As my question to you is then: Do you feel like your your own? I am going to call them needs your your mind. Do you think that that really benefits you as a as a senco? And do you think that a good Senko should have or do you think it would be beneficial for a Senko to have their own needs?
1: Um that's a very good question. I think yes, my own mind does benefit me. Um mm. if nothing else in the fact that last Friday I sat down and wrote uh three EHCP applications, assessment applications, mm. um, in a burst of like, gotta do this. But also my ability to like look around a room and go, that kid's autistic, mm-hmm. that kid's not In a kind of like just that autism radar order, Mm -hmm.
3: whatever you call it.
1: It's just, and I think, uh, I don't think there's enough, there's enough like done around that awareness of like, uh, you can see someone and go, you're actually really stressed out. I can tell you're really stressed out. Mm -hmm. No one else around you recognizes that, but I do, and I don't know why I do, apart Mm -hmm. from I was probably like you when I was your age. But that autism radar definitely helps.
2: Yes, I, I'm with you on that completely. And I found, and this is born out in some of the literature I've read as well, is that um, the relationships that um, autistic staff have with their students is, is universally, from what I've seen so far, reported as positive. Mm. Um, the, the thing that doesn't work is adults, and, and that's there's there's something there that's really important and really scary i think um and i suppose what i'm trying to figure out now is what do we do about that how how do you um how do you get people um to realize to to think in a way that's not normative I think this is. I don't know how it's. Done. Do you know? I think one of the problems is that people think they've got to understand things before they ex- accept them. This is one of the problems oh. of race, I think. Right, and I, I, I think that I mean, he says, as a you know, as a white guy, you know, I'm just going to solve race for everybody. But what I'm trying to say is, right, is that I think as soon as you say to yourself, no. I'll give you, give you an analogy. So we were reading, um, on our class readers was the R being normal, which is narrated, uh, it's got dual narration. Uh, both of the narrators are transgender mm. uh, and reading it. And um, you can see some of the kids, you can see they're uncomfortable or something, It's just not quite right. You see them occasionally whisper to each other. And then one kid eventually bites the bullet, puts the hand up and they just go, so I just, so so hang on. So this, this girl is a boy. And I was like, well, yeah. And they were born in the wrong body. And I was like, yeah. And he said, how does that even work? It doesn't make any sense. Like, he says, I don't get it. I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. And I said, well, do you understand that your dad's car works? And he went, yeah. we put petrol, it goes. I said, so, no, 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 if, you, if I were to open the bonnet and we were to look at the engine, would you be able to explain to me how that engine makes that car go? You no. Know, well, does that mean that your dad can't give you a lift to school? And he went, no, because it works. But you don't understand how it works. Well, no, it just does work. And I said, well, Can you apply the same logic to this? Just because you don't understand it, doesn't mean you can't accept it. You know, I said, is whether something true or not solely based on whether or not you understand it? Because if so, planes are gonna fall out of the sky. And, (laughs) and, you know, but that's the thing. But but that's, and I think that, because I used to think about this, I used to think, right, unless I understand something, I don't have to accept it. Actually, no, 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 I think we do. I think if somebody says to us, if somebody says to us, this hurts me, I feel like this, this stresses me out, I see the world like this, you should at least listen to them. Why you would attempt to tell them that they don't feel like that as a first move is beyond me. I've had so many of those conversations, you know, when I've said, okay, look, I'm, when, when, when I'm in this situation, you know, I feel like this, I feel like I'm close to melting down, it feels like this, you know, like, and I try to explain it, and they go, oh yeah, but do you, don't you just think really it's to do with this? I say, no, because I'm me you know but but the amount of times i've realized that well meaning adults have tried to tell me what i'm really thinking and what i'm really feeling and don't i think this happens so that much right loads don't we just yeah don't yeah. we just and and i yeah. i think it's but that's so big once we consider that's so so big that i don't even know where to begin other than just reading and tweeting and thinking i suppose um you know where where do we start with changing that mindset I don't
1: know. I think oh he got back to like teacher training. Um mm-hmm. ooh, we got a nice thing from uh, Katrina Lowry, you said hi both. Ooh. So, yeah, no, oh, those, like, things come up. Yes. She's gone. Hi both. So glad you're doing this programme. It's great that that more people are talking about ND staff and what useful contribution we can make to inclusion. So that's really
2: nice. Thank you. Yeah, um, Katrina's neuro teachers. I know Katrina does loads of work with yes. uh, with with training in in, in schools, in particular. Um, yeah, I had Katrina on my show back in the day before I got too lazy to do it. Um, oh, right. Yeah, wonderful guest.
1: Yeah, yeah you don't he, need to. Talk really to is, and she really is.
2: She knows. She knows so mm. much stuff.
1: I mean, you know, she's great. To, um, yeah, really. Uh, can we sell her? Yeah, really, really good person to know and follow on Twitter if you're not already following. Yeah, her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's
2: very happy with that as well. Right, Which is, thank good. you. That was good. She um, does. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah,
1: well, boom. Um, so, <laughs> what were you saying? Yeah, it's that understanding. I mean, one of my current things when I'm thinking about is, is is I think I actually got this from uh, Nicole Dempsey. You know who Nicole Dempsey is? Mm-hmm.
2: I don't. Uh, think she's so. like,
1: she is she's like Senko at Dix. She's like super Senko at Dixon's Trinity mm-hmm. Academy Academy chain up okay. north somewhere. Um, and she, I saw a speech once, a speech, I saw a talk once. She gave a talk. There we go. Um, the talk was amazing and it was about her idea about inclusion. And she was like, We just get inclusion wrong. We get inclusion wrong mm-hmm. because we like do things that are, in fact, seclusion. We actually take kids out of situations as opposed to creating the situations to be as inclusive for the most as, as many as possible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but she also said, "Time back to what we were saying? If I'm pretty sure it was her, if we are not inclusive for our staff, are we a truly inclusive school?" Um, mm. And that kind of came up again because I've got, I've got like, I've, I run the whole school like reading thing, full-time reading, and it's like I've guaranteed I've got dyslexic teachers. Mm. Have I been inclusive enough for them?
3: It's um, a really good point,
1: and I and I just didn't think about that because mm. no one came to me to say. I cannot. I want to struggle with this book. No one came to me to do that, and I'm thinking I should have put more thought into this. Um,
2: yeah, absolutely. There's it's the fear, isn't it? There is yeah. this absolute um, fear. I mean, I've I've been there. I mean, this is why I've been teaching ten years, and only now am I openly really talking about this stuff um, because it takes you so long to even. Confront it in yourself, I think, you know, that that process of self discovery has, you know, you've got to do that before you can have a, your dis- own discovery of yourself in public, you know, mm. and yet the public stuff gets in the way because it's constantly saying to you, hey, be this. And that's awful, you know, you, you can't. And so, and so, you end up with so many people who are fighting against this constant, I think, external sense of who they're supposed to be. How are they supposed to look inward? you know, and think about what they really want when all they've ever had is, hey, this is the model of humanity. Oh, you've fallen short, have you? Well, you're terrible. You know,
1: Yeah. And how many people have, had, have been for, like, primary school, having that every single day, mm-hmm. and then they get secondary school, and it happens again, you know? Yeah. Um, but for, for more adults, Oh,
2: now, um, what's interesting here? Sorry, you were you going to say yeah. something? Sorry. No, no, I was
1: going. I was going to, go on, go back to you. Go
2: on. I was well. I was thinking. I mean, it's might it's might cause the, the the whole of Twitter to explode in on itself like a dying star. But I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of kind of overlap here, maybe with that whole where with with, with slant gate. Um, yes. Because I, I mean, I kind of got involved with that, and and see, I didn't, I didn't care whether Phil was rude or whatever, really. I, um, because I thought the ideas that were coming up and what they could help us discuss about minoritized presences in the classroom were way more interesting, but everyone just got cross about rudeness and lack of eye contact. And I thought, well, do you know, I think we're having the wrong conversation here because, because what, what that made me think about that whole to-do was just how much store is set by conforming to rigid rigid patterns of embodiment and behavior. Yes. And and how important that is, I think, cause you know, to, to what we call the trad model of teaching, you know, and it's reared its head again, hasn't it? With the teacher tap thing that, that came yeah. up. I can't be bothered with any of it. But I just think what we're missing here though, is a nuanced conversation about bodies in a room you know, because, because I don't know about you, but, but my autism and my ADHD is is a physical thing. It is fully embodied. Oh, yeah. When I get depressed, when I get depressed, my body is depressed. All right. It is, I I, I think I literally blogged about this. Depression is a physical illness, you know, mm-hmm. it is, it, you know, and and it, when you, um, when you get depressed, the bodies of, um, the muscles of depressed people um, go into hyper- um, hypertrophy um, because they're tensing up so much, you know, you're basically getting jacked while lying in bed, crying, yeah. you know. But that's the thing, it's a physical illness. And then I was thinking, okay, well, so, what are we missing here? When we're trying to normalize, with something like Slant, right? I'm not I'm not saying Slant's good or bad, or Doug Limov is, is God or Satan. I don't care about anyone and their ego. What I care about is, could something like slant potentially lead us to completely miss the point when it comes to the bodies of minoritized people in the classroom? Do you see what well, I mean? I think you wouldn't.
1: So, building upon that, you wouldn't ask someone with a terrible palsy say to slant, would you? No, you would. I know, but then it's because then you have like, you know, disabilities that are, you know, clear. Mm-hmm. and disabilities that are not clear or hidden exactly. and then you have disabilities almost that are like accepted mm-hmm. and not accepted
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then we get and then we get into the idea of actual and you can like build upon that slant certain aspects of slant which I have a nuanced viewpoint upon but certain aspects of slant i would say tie into the fetishization of what attention looks like for a normal yeah. normal person right. yeah i've heard um,
2: normative, it's normative. I, and that's
1: what phil i think was getting i stole that from tabitha mcintosh i think um i may have sold it from her
2: oh sure did, yes yes uh, there's something about Tabitha uh, tabitha's tweet, tweets that no matter how well you think you've put something she'll put it better yes <laughs> it's, it's one of those things she just she seems to be like some she's like a word conjurer um yes she's sort of like an english yeah, well, quite. I mean, I'm an English teacher, and I tremble at her feet, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, in terms of her ability to just really cut to the heart of things; it's incredible. But well, she's got um,
1: she's got an incisive intellect, whereas I yeah. have a very blunt force intellect. Um, Both very useful in different situations. But exactly. the things that will the things that you know, my tweet earlier on, I was really proud of. Sometimes a sharp intellect is too sharp; I won't get for the thing. Blunt force intellect, it'll just run it over. Screw it. Um, yeah
2: exactly you wouldn't try to if you were a police officer you wouldn't use a scimitar as a battering ram would you no you wouldn't wouldn't make any sense you just blunt your scimitar like an idiot yeah although it'd be funny to watch but anyway yeah now i've got an image of police officers scimitars which is cracking me up anyway they're
1: blunt what they're really heavy and blunt um do you have like an interior monologue by the way
2: do i have an interior monologue i don't know really because the problem I've got is that I have an exterior monologue so oh, yeah. Certainly. I don't know I think I probably do I think yeah no I do I, I I suppose I wouldn't call it that though I'd more call it like I don't know I have this it's like basically so I've walked into a room and there's like 80 radios on yeah. like it's, it's more like that it's not so much a monologue as a kind of a multi-log um it's it's just
1: yeah, I yeah, it's actually to me I have I have a monologue. I mm. have multiple competing voices in my head, like competing monologues. Mm. And then sometimes there is nothing and I'm just in motion mm. and it's just and I'll watch yes. my body and I'll I mean, I'll like I remember it's just cause I wrestle, cuz I love wrestling. I love that mm. again that, that, that pressure. Um mm. and sometimes something will happen in my body, my body will just do things. I'm almost like on the outside of my body watching it do things and I'm like that was really effective but I didn't mm. think that there's no conscious volition it's mm. just my arm has done something like really quickly like far mm. quicker than the, than my thought process mm. um and it feels it's so peaceful as well mm. um but yeah sorry how do we go to no, monologues?
2: No, I think yeah I think yeah the idea of the monologue uh, there's always there's always something happening there's always something going on yeah I think I've said i've said before i've said to my partner sometimes when it gets it, it, it has look i think like all these things for me is um there are positives and negatives to it sometimes mm. it's amazing because i can be my own conversation partner other times i've just said to my partner i just want it to be quiet i just want. It, i just want my head to be quiet my head is so loud i just want it to be quiet and that so i think and that's the thing i think maybe um if there's one thing i think that uh, people like us have got in common is that our greatest kind of strengths are also our greatest weaknesses, maybe. Yes, definitely. And maybe the problem is calling them strengths or weaknesses at all. Maybe they're just things. Maybe that's the problem that we've got is that they're only weaknesses because of the society that we are built into, right? Like stairs are only weaknesses for somebody in a wheelchair if there are no ramps. Yeah. You know, the stairs are irrelevant if there's a ramp. They just don't even. They don't even factor in. You don't even have to think about them. And the, the problem I think maybe we've got double-edged swords. She's got swords. That's it. she's thinking about swords. Um, and now so am I. But yeah, and I think that's the thing is if we, if we, and that's maybe why, maybe why with slam, maybe that is its Achilles' heel is that I think as soon as also I think as soon as you put something into an acronym, you, you, yes. you I, I think so about an acronym that can't really be critiqued. It's like it kind of, uh, it's almost like because the words are hiding behind their initials.
1: It's almost like um, Newspeak from uh, 1984.
2: It is exactly like that. And the words are hiding. So for example, because they're hiding, it's like you can't get, you can't get to them. You can't think of what they really mean. You know, there's like that T, like track the teacher. All right, but really it's just a T. So when you're saying, you know, and that's the thing in an English school now, slant, from what I understand, and this is why I think there's been a lot of kickback, is slant is just getting kids to pay attention. You know, it's getting them to, you know, it's not, it's not Doug Limov's version. Like, I mean, have you seen those videos of the American teachers?
1: Oh, I used to watch them when i has gone. And got, so oh, it's so weird.
2: It's, yeah. Like there's this bit where she goes, give him some shine, and they all start flapping their hands at him like they're starting. It's bizarre, but I'm thinking, but that doesn't mean they appreciate the work. That just means that they are, they just know they are, they're how miming. to act oh, Yeah, It's like, well, we're going to sanction you now because you didn't do the special hand mime. It's just strange. Maybe I'm about to sound like Phil Beadle and maybe that means that people will get cross. And I don't know, Like, I, I'm not saying as well that there's no place for, um, there's no, yeah. Heather, I think uh, that's right. That's Heather, really Yeah. Heather's, yeah. Heather's always on the money. Um, yeah, she It's is. a poor proxy for attention. It's performative nonsense. I think, yeah. But because I think then what what because what it then avoids is right, what it avoids is is actually putting together a lesson that deserves attention,
1: right? Ah, that's and that's down to the actual craft of teaching. Uh
2: uh-huh. Right. Much, yeah. Because
1: but then it builds into the other argument on Twitter recently is like the kind of do you want perfect behaviour prescribed lessons or like imperfect behaviour but do whatever you want. Um,
2: I yeah well i would pick b even though i think it's a bit of a weird i get it like i don't really care as well if it's a silly binary like i just doesn't really none of it really bothers me i just i just don't care i just it's just questions and it's just people putting words together and seeing what happens but um i think yeah i think for me though if i had to choose like there's a gun to my head and a wolf on my ankle i would um i would choose autonomy but with no external behaviors but purely because i think a lot of good behavior management for me comes through um comes through lessons that demand attention mm. i find that lesson lesson design for me uh, and the knowledge that i have and the way in which i really try to thoughtfully impart that knowledge is my behavior management and i would say that, other, that then all i really need are a few kind of baseline rules, which is basically, nobody talks while someone else is talking. That's just the non-negotiable. We just don't that, do that yeah. it's not nice. And it makes people it's make, makes people sad. But I literally say, if you talk over somebody, you might you can make them feel like they don't matter. And that's not very nice. And I literally say it like that, even if it's sixth form, it's like at the start of the year, it's what I literally say to 11, 11 year olds, all the way to 18 year olds, I say, if you talk over somebody, I said, you make them feel like they don't matter. And that's not very nice and I'm it's not like that. kind. I, I might, I might yeah. steal that. I, yeah, I, it's not I, very nice.
1: But it's a rule I have as well. I just yeah. voice it in different terms. Yeah. Um, but it's a very, I think it's really, it's yeah. a really important, powerful rule.
2: It so, is. And I think there's it's another one as well, like nobody is going to be rude to anybody else. So I had a, a student the other day, um, I made a joke. My, my, one of my year eight classes, and particularly, uh, they're, they're, a, they're a difficult and humourless bunch. And I made this really silly sort of dad joke, and uh, one of the kids laughed, like genuinely laughed, had this kind of uh, genuine emotion, sort of laughing reaction. And then two of the other kids mocked her for laughing. And I just sort of left it at the time, and then after, and I went over to them while they were working, and I said, "I don't. I think that you have made her feel a bit. In, uh, I think. I think. I think you've made her feel." like she wouldn't want to express herself again in this classroom and i think you've made her feel sad do you like feeling sad this is to a year eight by the way mm. Do you like feeling sad I like, no i don't like feeling sad I said, but i think you've made her sad and i think you should apologize because even if you didn't mean to make her feel sad nobody gets to do that to somebody else in my classroom and i found that actually i talk about things like instead of having this kind of ritualized slant thing. What's really worked for me is saying something like, like say if a kid tells other kids to shut up, I say, that's not a nice thing to say. I want you to say something nice to them. You know, it sounds really, really infantilized. I don't, I don't say it in a patronizing way either. I just say, we're nice to each other in here. Just be nice to each other,
1: just be kind See, to but each I, other. Would, I would argue that's actually an aspect of relationships, mm-hmm. not your engagement, the lesson. Mm-hmm. Because I would argue, so I am, my behavior management style is very much, like it's the relationship I have with the kids, mm-hmm. um, which I work hard for in lots of yes. different ways. And a part of that relationship is very much the famous of, of, like, quote unquote, don't piss me off, kids. Um, mm-hmm. but also I'm 100% behind you and I would drag you to, to success if I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but and whether my lessons are engaging or not, my lessons are engaging, that's mm-hmm. from force of personality and knowing what I'm teaching. Mm-hmm. But having said that, yes. I would, I would have chosen A on hmm. the options. Why is that? Um, having worked in schools with B and B in the um, in hmm. the words of, I thought it was Asbo, but no, he got hmm. it from David Dow. No, he got it from Tom Bennett. No, he got it from Miss Snuffy. It's just this recursion thing, you <laughs> know. I've been that the, the wallowed in a fail state where you are. Oh yeah, yeah. The kids come to your room, and they are safe because you can do behaviour. And because you are confident and in control, everyone feels less stressed and everyone feels safe. And you know, that kind of that cycle because teaching is a feedback loop. I can, you know, because of how I process things, I can can overtly see that it is a feedback loop, which I don't think other people get sometimes. Mm. Um, But yeah, having been that person who has been a warlord in a failed state, I would rather have not to do that ever again. But then I've been at the extreme. But having said that, I cannot use someone else's PowerPoint. Neither can I. No, no I just absolutely can't. I can't. It's, just, it's just oh my god, it's just they put so much stuff on it. Oh, and the picture's in the wrong <laughs> no. place. All these, it's like,
2: know, all these words.
1: I don't need I mean, you
2: don't even need a PowerPoint. A lot of the time, you mostly need PowerPoint if there's static information that needs yeah. relaying. But I think it gets it gets misused. Because I think it gets used as a way for the teacher for the teacher. It shouldn't be for the teacher. You shouldn't be using presentation software because you can't remember what you need to teach. No, it no. shouldn't be because then you just end up reading, and that's awful. You oh, know, and this, yeah. it, it may, and it finds its way into inset days as well. It's like I've made a PowerPoint because I can't remember what my notes are supposed to be. It's like your PowerPoint is not your notes. That's not what it's for. You know, please don't do this to me. Um. I think it's interesting that binary though between between a to go back to that to go back to that, about binary between between a and b I mean I think that yeah it is contingent on experience and I'd be the thing is though is that I'd be willing to change my mind you know because but I work in a school at the moment where um you know I do get I don't get a huge amount of autonomy but I like the autonomy that I have and it's kind of worked pretty well for me um but I do think though that if you're in a school that in that really tries to train its teachers to be engaging you know I, you can teach it i learned to be engaging by obsessively watching stand-up comedians and actors oh yeah and you seeing do. you know what i mean Me too. yes exactly yeah. right so exactly so i just I think did. you can you can train right i'm not saying you can teach someone to have a personality but you kind of can because <laughs> Most of it. my teaching persona is imitation. I've just imitated people who managed to help hold the attention of people against all the odds, right? So yeah, that's, I that's think it's actually too. a failure. I think it's a failure of of imagination a lot of the time. Like if teacher training was better, right? And if it actually taught you how to properly, you Teach. know, carry yourself. Yeah. Yes. Properly carry yourself, properly talk to people, you know, I just think maybe the training's wrong
1: you know I think you know what I mean now is that I I totally agree um I just most of my teaching style is things I've stolen from other more successful teachers than me and then absorbed redeveloped it and kind of merged it together now um the question becomes are you aware so you're aware that you've done that Mm -hmm. do are, are other teachers aware so other people do they get the fact that they can work on being engaging and then do they get some some people perhaps don't like the idea that they have to work upon a thing because it damages mm. their ego yeah yeah especially when it comes to like you need to be more engaging and it's like mm. oh you're saying I'm a bad person like no that that's it's a skill mm. but because you know some and I'm going to go and be kind of like blanket statement here some neurotypical people many I have met in my experience <laughs> you critique an aspect of their skill set and they mm. take it as a personal attack upon their personality. Mm. And I don't know how much that is. I don't really have an ego in what seems to be a traditional sense. Mm. Um, and that, that could just be me, or it could be my autism. Um, I'm not sure. Um, do you have an ego? Do you have an ego in a traditional sense?
2: The um, I don't have an ego. Uh... I don't I like
0: to rejected.
2: win yeah mm. I like to win and I hate losing yeah um, and I don't I think yeah I I find I find rejection really hard um and I'll go away and so ultimately though I quite enjoy being wrong um it's just more interesting a lot of the time I'm less bothered yeah I think I like it depends really I don't like looking stupid I don't like looking stupid but I also once I've had a bit of a sulk I would much rather. I would much rather, you know, if it's somebody if I think, you no, know, do you know what they're cleverer than me? I will, I will come back. I think it's for me. I just don't want to be rubbish at things. Yeah, um, me too. Do I have an ego? I don't know. I think I, th- I like to think I've like my, I believe in my own capabilities. Let's put it that way.
1: Um, well, yeah, I said, but, but I do say I'm was, like I'm accurate. Yeah. I like, you know exactly yeah. what I can do, what I can achieve.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. I do. I, I think I don't know really. I, I just yeah it doesn't really bother me that much I suppose like like you say I just just like learning stuff really I just like yeah. being around and you know I like and I like I like people as well in, in a strange way I, I like I like trying to get to know people you know not not many of them and not all at once but when I meet somebody I really like, I love getting to know that person I just like oh, but I like also making sure that they know that I might need them to go away sometimes yes you know that uh, but... sort of thing.
1: My yeah, partner's gonna That's um, a really,
2: oom. really interesting question about ego. Though, oh, well, yeah, on it. Anyway, what so, were you
1: gonna say, sorry? So, Katrina said, "Posted. Do you think masking your whole lives has helped you be a better teacher?" I'm gonna go oh. yes. Binary, yes.
2: Ah, um, help me become a better teacher. Um, I think it's helped me be a teacher. Um, in the sense that I have to work in a school. Um, with people who otherwise might have a real problem with me, and I think it's helped me kind of get opportunities that I maybe wouldn't have otherwise got. Um, Long term, no. Long term, no. I am now, um, I, I am now being much more upfront with uh, leadership, management, and things like that. If something's not right and I can't do it, and I'm trying to. You know, I'm I'm letting them know more and more, and I'm being less afraid because um, the the cost is too great. The cost is too great for me. Um, if I have to mask repeatedly, I can do it sometimes, and sometimes it's fun. But it has to be on my terms, and if I feel like I'm being forced to mask, it, it, I'm on borrowed time. I think ah.
1: so is that? A, so that's that's a, what I would say. That's different because I, I thought teacher, and I thought classroom practitioner. You've heard teacher and gone the whole shebang. Mm. So has masking your whole life made made you a better classroom practitioner?
2: No, but I don't really, mar- well, no, it's the thing is, is that it's it, 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 in the classroom is all a performance. Yes, totally. It's a performance of myself. It's a fictionalised version of myself, I suppose. Some bits, I think of it more as some bits are turned down and some bits are turned up. But for example, I get to basically be really autistic in the classroom. I get to talk about my... Um, the things I really love. Like I, I love English as a subject, like mm. it is my special interest. So what essentially happens for me as a classroom practitioner, is I get to get stupidly excited about, um, about the things I love and they can't escape. Yeah, Brilliant, it's a, it's, they can't it's escape. The it's stuck amazing. Audience. To be able yeah. to do that, like it's 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 that you've got this captive audience, and then I just think, well, do you know what? Then let's. But I want to. But I think that my enthusiasm, my hypertropism, and this again is born out in the literature. It can become this infectious thing. Kids mm. can see, you know, you know, your monotropism is your joy. You know, the best relationships I have with students are when students go tell me what they love, and I go, that's brilliant. And they go, sir, do you like that? And I go, I don't know, but it doesn't matter because I want to hear about how you love it. You know, what we what we love is who we are. You know, the, the things that we love, they are us. They're not just the things we love. They are us. And I think to love the things that you love is to love yourself, really. I think it's the ultimate form of self-acceptance to allow yourself. I think to allow yourself to love what you really love and not love things that you think you're supposed to love is the ultimate form of self-love and self-acceptance and vital for self-esteem, I would say. And I would say it took me a long time to to be as comfortable, uh, to be comfortable enough to fully admit when I just like something rather than running it through some sort of weird internal neurotypical filter of, am I supposed to like this? Will they think I'm weird? I've got to this yes. point now going, if I run it through that filter, that will make me sad. And yeah, I hate I, being sad, right? Yeah,
1: I, Yeah. I um, I refer to it as my, you know, you can get, like, emulators for compute for, like, NES and NES for your PC. Yes. It's, like, neurotypical emulator. It's, like, I yeah. just want to do that.
2: that's so good. It's like, that's so well put. I'm stealing that. That's yeah, really good. It. Love
1: it. But it's, like, I went through two years of liking Gary's music. Quote marks, liking Gary's music. Yeah. Um, because all my friends did. Therefore, I had to do that. Um, I've now got a little bit of luck. It's stuck in my head. Oh, no. Anyway. Um, so... Oh, God, we've completely gone off tangent, which was slant, wasn't right. it? It's OK. Yeah. It was, to be fair, these conversations generally do. I haven't oh, done, a news yeah. I haven't done a news do the news
2: yet. Yeah, I haven't done a news yet Let's just presume that the educational climate is, is roughly the same messy ball of sweaty anger that it always is.
1: Yeah, and let's I just think... not do the
2: news. That's the news, everybody. You don't need any more news.
1: Oh, and things happen on Twitter and everyone's argue, arguing about sats, I think.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, people are cross about things, um, but the, what they should really do is go outside and enjoy things they actually enjoy. That's what the people should do. They should stop being, being cross. Some, yeah. people enjoy... Be fair, some people enjoy it. Some people are professionally angry. Yes. But when yes. did that become, like, something you could put on your CV? It's like, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I get cross on the internet. Why? Oh, I don't know. I'm bored. It's it's got weird, tick, man. Got, a
1: blue, got a blue tick.
2: tick. Got a blue, it's tick. A blue tick. Exactly.
1: Whatever that means. Mean,
2: it, means, it means that people like to spend money on things that don't exist. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people
1: spend money on things that don't exist. It's um, crazy. Yeah. Oh, God. So back to Slant, though, which doesn't Slant. exist. Slant. All right, yeah, Slant,
2: Slant doesn't exist. Doug doesn't exist. doesn't exist. I'm convinced. I'm convinced Doug Limov doesn't exist. I don't think he's got a torso. I've only ever seen his head. I don't yeah. think he's got a torso. I'm convinced. Think... I'm going to put it out there now.
1: Okay, I think this is, this is going to go down as the most controversial Teach talk radio in history.
2: Oh, that's um, fantastic. More cool.
1: controversial than like the last one where um Phil bid was rude to
2: Yeah. Uh, oh my god, what, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do, Eugene? Because I'm I'm down whatever it is. We go down together.
1: Yeah, totally. I think we need to go for um so slant isn't real. It's probably actually a bit harmful to some people. Maybe it's okay for other kids. I don't know, it's too new nuanced to be discussed on Twitter. And mm-hmm. if Doug Len Lenoff, didn't exist the world have to make him up and maybe the world did um
2: well yeah i think so i think the thing with doug Lemov is is do you know the thing that disappointed me with doug Lemov is when he because after the whole thing with with the phil thing yeah. like he he put out a series of blogs And he put out a series of blogs, uh, basically very sarcastically. I mean, sarcasm and nuance is not the man's strong point, it would appear, from reading his writing. It was just, oh my goodness. It was not subtle at all. It was about as subtle as a cricket back to the eye. But he, what got me about that is I was, I read a bit of one of them, partly because, you know, it's like, you know, passing a crashed car. You go, you think, oh, I'll have a look at that. Um, Oh, yeah. going on you can't you still see it's a bit of a crash what's going on so you know his car crash syndrome so so i click on one of them and i think you know and 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 i just started reading it and i was thinking and then i saw he did another one and they were long as well and i was thinking you know what you could be doing in this time you could be really trying to make some sort of positive difference you could you could really be rising above this and you know and if you think if you really feel like that you have got so much so many ideas about how important you know your techniques are and about how they can change the lives of children bring about equity you know they you know you think that you you have got you know a toolkit that can you know make the world better and why the hell are you framing it in terms of your personal squabbles with you know a man who looks like he was once in a smith's cover band why why are you spending your time doing that and what that showed me right is that teach like a champion ultimately may well be right a vision of um of of somebody's vision of what excellent classroom practice looks like but it is first and foremost um somebody's ego in paper form I read that and I just thought there is too much of there is too much of yourself invested here, Doug. Uh, and I found the same with Phil actually as well. And that was the problem because I really wanted the uh, I wanted the ideas and the arguments um, to be what we discussed, but it wasn't. It became about two men, and and that was the problem. They both, <laughs> I think, really, really made it all about who they were. And in amongst all of that discourse about what it means to be a child in a classroom in 2023 and the ramifications of how we frame that and how we do that, that all got lost because two men decided to see who could we further. Yeah. And, 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 and it was so disappointing. I was and just so disappointed in both of them, quite frankly.
1: And you know what, as I said, this is mine, I haven't thought of some Tabata or anyone else. Mm. there is no room for ego and education we are mm. in a very high stakes game yeah. because
2: we are dealing with futures um and do you know do you know you know are absolutely right and that's so well put but i would you know i, I just one thing i think to, to build on that that we need to remember that never gets discussed is how beautiful this job is mm. how beautiful it is in in this intense way. I'm glad I'm neurodiverse because I don't think I would be able to comprehend just how beautiful this, this job was. And I think, you know, I, I almost feel like when it gets, you know, when Twitter gets so reductive about this acronym means this acronym means that, I'm thinking, do you, do you guys not enjoy going into a classroom every day and watching the magic of human cognition? You know, do you not enjoy doing that? Do you not want to talk about that? Do you want to do you want to talk about how you made that happen? you know do you, do you not want to talk about how you may how you te- how how sometimes right what happens in teaching is you start teaching a kid at the start of year nine who thinks they are the equivalent of human garbage and by the end of year 11 they they're crying over an envelope because that is the first time that they have received paper evidence that they matter and that they can yeah. do something where's yeah. that gone from education when did we as a profession start turning it into a quote unquote pissing contest. When did we become this? Can we make it stop? Why is none of this about the children really? Because it's not, is it? Most of it is about, I have decided I think this, you represent a thing I don't think, I hate you, I'm going to shout at the tiny circle that represents your selfhood on Twitter, whether or not you've got a blue tick. I've got no time for it, I've got no time for it. I care about ch- I care about children. Ultimately, yeah, I care about and, children. I care about brains and bodies. And I care. I mean,
1: and yeah, and I care about doing the best for the clientele. You yeah. know, word use ironically, but <laughs> it's about doing yeah. the best. The stakeholders, for the I think, the stakeholders. Oh my god, I the hate. stakeholders. Oh, it's the kids. Yeah. It's the kids. Um, it's the kids. But yeah, it's about doing the best you can for the clientele in front of you, mm-hmm. you know. And oh, I think yeah, I mean, there's so much wrong in education now. I could have like an, an hour just going. And that's wrong, and that's wrong, and that's wrong. But I think it really boils down to a lack of soul in the Department for Education. I mean, it's just lost its way, and it's not doing what it needs to do. Yeah, you know, agreed. It's, it's not actually focusing mm-hmm. upon the well-being of the majority, the well-being of the kids who are the future of the country. Um, and we say lots and lots of reasons why, 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 but ultimately, we've just I me. Mean, Having like, I don't know, 15, 16, depart- you know, Secretary of State for Education in the course of a month probably didn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know who it is anymore. I think it's, is it a lady?
2: Uh, it's a lady. No, I've got this one. It's a lady. Shall we call her Lady MacLaderson? Yes. Or something like that. Woman, woman m- education or something. I have no idea. I just, I can't, I can't even um, deal with it anymore. I just, it doesn't make sense. There's no point getting to know him. They'll, they'll be gone, you know. It's like yeah. Premiership football managers, isn't
1: it? It's just, yeah. you know, it's just, it's never I mean, going to happen. Just don't get comfy. Don't get to know them. They'll
2: be gone. I mean, it was it was Gavlar. I remember Gavlar. Oh, so he,
1: was, he was really annoying. Yeah. He was, and
2: it
1: was, then it was terrible, a, wasn't he? Yeah, and it was just a blur of faces, like like it's like a Doctor Who regeneration flashback. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's like another
1: face, another face, another face, another face, another face. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm just like
2: oh, the, a woman gone. of a name. yeah Yeah. i think so i think yeah i i will i think for for me right what i'm interested in now therefore is the neurodiverse perspectives because i think the neurotypicals have failed us i think they i think a lot of neurotypicals have and maybe or maybe i'm wrong here i'm just they're just words though and i'm just some guy so if anybody gets upset then well just i don't actually exist i'm just a little circle face on twitter but, uh, you know, and I don't reserve the right to change my mind. But I think the neurotypicals, to an extent, have, have failed us. Um, and so I'm probably just going to ignore a lot of uh, what neurotypicals uh, tell me is, uh, is right for all the children um, in my care. And I will do the best to find out what is best for them. I will try it in my own classroom as much as I can. Um, if I go teach in another school, I'll probably change my mind again. To don't know. But if um, if people start talking about their egos and quote tweeting and being mean, and then I got no time for them, really. I just, uh, it comes back to what you're saying about ego, really. Um, I want to I, wa- I want to remind people, if anyone's anyone's listening, I don't even know who's listening. I've kind of started rambling, to be honest with you. I've gone to my own little world. But, That's a, yeah, like, it's fine, it's quite as funny um, little world. But yeah, I think, uh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, it is to me. But, um, I want to focus on beauty, basically. I want to focus on beauty, whatever that means, however idealistic it is. Um, and I want to focus on on the on, on how we can create beauty in the classroom, beauty of uh, beauty through knowledge, inquiry. There's beautiful little moments, like, and I just don't see how slant helps us do any of that. Um, I don't see, um, you know. I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah. Some of it's useful. It's also bleeding obvious, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I've... I don't know. <laughs> you know what's really, really good at getting mm. his
1: attention? Yeah. Is not a He's kind of holding hands with me and clicking it. Look, go and look at me, look at me, everyone look at me. Mm. Um, but that doesn't make you look cool. Um, mm. yeah. It doesn't sound controlling like Slam does. Yeah. Um,
2: I sometimes, I sometimes say just, I just say non sequiturs. So I'll just say, I'll just, um, you know, they'll, they'll come in and I'll go, right, pay attention. The classroom is haunted or something like that. Or, um, you know, something like that, or I'll just, you know, I don't know. I'll just say stuff, really.
3: Yeah, I'll so just do start I. I just... the lesson
2: and I'll go, right, okay, how's Macbeth similar to a cucumber? I bet you best, uh, wrong answers only, you know. Oh, he's, he's cool. Or, yeah, he's cool, like a cucumber. Like, well, no, he is he's not after he kills Duncan. Aha, there we go. Right, today we're talking about Macbeth. All right, okay. You know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know, just be a person, man. I don't know. Just be a person <laughs> I don't know what it's a point we just forgot that like one of the things that is majorly engaging about you know people is them being a person you know and i don't know
1: in all I their just, flaws
2: and... yeah with all their flaws like like the amount of times like i'll stop lessons and i go right what was that what were we doing what are we doing what are we talking about and the kids know that that's just the way i am like i'll say yeah. right Okay, I said, what are we doing? And I said, I can't do everything round here. Come on, what are we talking about? What are we doing? What do we do last lesson? Jim, tell me what we're doing last lesson. Oh, we're doing this, sir. Were we? Yes, sir. And you were supposed to mark our books. Was I? Yes, sir. You wrote it down. Did I? Where is it? You wrote it down and put it in your drawer. So I did. Well done. So he's just 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 be a person. I just that's why it's so fun. Because like you're a person interacting with other people or getting to know each other and you know, you're all learning together. It's such a cool job and God, do just make it sound boring? Honestly, yes. like it seems to be like people want to make this job sound so tedious. Like,
1: oh, and that's and that's why I on? I really don't like scripted lessons because I go, what's that about? I know I just couldn't do it. I just can't. I can't even stick to my own script. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, I'll have like me and my powerpoints now at the point of like title slide.
2: Yeah,
1: and then today we're doing these things, which are really really vague, and it'd be like taking apart a poem. I might even name mm. a flipping poem, like reading, because we always read the start of lessons. And mm. I mean in many ways, you know, not, kids know the first 10 minutes can be them reading and me going, oh, the computer's not working. Oh, I was a password. Yeah. Um, and they read in silence and get and I get mm. on with it and occasionally just talk to them. And then, and then you know, that bit's prescriptive, but like anything can happen after that, you know. Um, I managed to get through the entirety of London in depth even include including the enclosure act and parliament and everything else like the poem london yesterday period four on a friday with my year nines um and it was like basically we got through like two lessons of of, of stuff in one lesson at speed um i'm not quite sure how that happened mm. but they seem to enjoy it um and now I'm, it's just like oh but then a lot of my work well, one of my teach now is actually through a visualizer Never mind yeah
2: i love a visualizer and a board yeah. pen as well i just like yes. to fix it up to be honest with you i find that and i like restrictions as well one thing i've really been thinking about recently is that limitations breed creativity and i'll have to go in a sec but i oh yeah I I, I I started my year 13 lesson right and i think this kind of ties things together actually really nicely it's the restrictions that i have i can let them be strengths or weaknesses right and i think so i showed my year 13 started the lesson and i showed them a video with um Nirvana's um, Unplugged in uh, New York. And it's the last song, it's, uh, it's Where Did You Sleep Last Night? And Kirk Cobain is limited in every respect. He's got scoliosis, so he can't sit up straight. His guitar's slightly out of tune and it's badly mixed. His voice sounds like it's made of cigarettes. You know, yeah. he can't sing in tune and he howls like somebody stabbed him in the toe and i said (laughs) to them afterwards i said but listen i said everything about that man everything about that performance was him pushing right up against his limitations and it was beautiful i said you listen to mariah carey and it's not beautiful even though it is because it's it's not hard there's no challenge it's not beautiful it's just it's a technical exercise i said beauty comes from pushing up against your limitations and finding ways around. Them. That's what beauty comes from. I said, that's why sonnets are often more more beautiful than free verse rambly poems, you know, turns out you give people total free, you give up an artist total freedom and they'll make what a toddler can make. You give them restrictions and that focuses you somehow. And I, and you know, and we did a lesson where I said, basically like you getting given an exam question, you're going to open the text. But you're only allowed to use what's on those two pages that you've opened to plan an entire essay you can't use anything else and they all said to me afterwards i came up with ideas i never would have come up with i read this text in new ways because i was limited and i think and i'm going to write about this soon i'm going to tweet about this soon maybe blog about this soon but i think if we can if we can if we can remember that limitations can be the most empowering things and actually limitations can actually make us less limited a lot of the way i think that that can be one of the most powerful things and i think that's where we need to go in the classroom i think sometimes we need to allow ourselves to be limited we need to admit that we don't have all the answers but we can run with that anyway because that's where beauty comes from that's where progress comes from i think by the way um uh, some of our, um, some of the things we've been talking about have been retweeted on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, oh dear. Oh yeah. So the one about the education secretary, uh, yeah. two men who um, deciding who could we further. Um, uh, that's me, I've been tagged into that. And then I Whoops. don't think Doug Limov exists. I think he doesn't have a talk so <laughs> I've only ever seen his head. But cowards at Teachers Talk Radio haven't tag haven't added Beadle and um and, and Doug, so I think I probably should actually. You do um, that. I'm gonna leave. you I'm going to, no, I'm going to actually I'm yeah, gonna do it right now. So I'm gonna quote tweet is um I'm just gonna put here I am reaching out to <laughs> out to at what's it at Doug Doug Nohead Limov for comment uh open brackets urgent close brackets. Do you exist? Um, Are you real? Yeah, that's good. I think, um, yeah, let's see. This tweet has been deleted.
3: Oh, Who deleted the tweet? Someone's oh, deleted yeah. the
2: tweet. Oh, okay, it's all oh, getting very coming. controversial. I think, well, you see, the thing is, we said we were gonna start a storm, didn't we? And, uh, yeah, darn it. No, I mean, You've gonna... been here for 20 minutes.
1: Um, yeah, sorry, said...
2: yeah, but I, I, oh my God, I actually have to go out. Like, I should've yeah, gone sorry. out. I, <laughs> sorry, sorry. To... No, no, it's not you. It's not you, it's big autism.
1: Did you big autism. autism You're big autism, aren't you? Yes, we simply <laughs> sponsor the show. Yeah. and we Also sponsor um, unnamed teacher um, like survey apps. Yeah. Oh, like we kind of oh name. we're
2: on it. Don't worry. I'm your henchman. Right. Look, yeah. it was so lovely. To it talk was to good.
1: You. I'm going to press the yes. news. I'm going to leave you with "Read Messy" by Tim Harford. Beautiful. alright He he re, he does that thing about limitation in that book.
2: Oh right, nice.
1: It's what it's, it's all about, actually. It's really good.
2: Uh, um, right, brilliant. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I'll send it to you. Thank you so much. Thank I'm going to press the news. Yes, which is also very late. Whoops. Ah, it's um, fine. It's fine. People will be fine with it. It's <laughs> cool. Program, All right. We'll we'll see you later. Time. Thank you so much. Take care.
2: Cheers. Bye.
1: Bye.
3: Our clinically approved, ready-to-go well-being and mental health program will help your pupils thrive in only ten minutes a day. You'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
3: Stats have made the news again as many media outlets report on allegations that children were distraught after the reading paper. The BBC website reports that parents and teachers of Year 6 pupils said the paper was difficult and that it had left some pupils in tears. In response to concerns, the Department for Education said it worked to ensure that all tests are appropriate. Whilst some parents took to social media to highlight concerns, A few also acknowledged that the tests might be good in a way to have some kind of tests before GCSE, but the schools in general are under too much pressure to perform well. Copies of the test paper cannot be published until all pupils in Year 6 have had the chance to take it. Sarah Hannafin, Head of Policy for the National Association of Head Teachers, said the union was very concerned about the paper and it would be raising concerns with the Standards and Testing Agency. In Scotland, Edinburgh University students have criticised the institution's response to a marking boycott. According to BBC News, students fear their work will not be read as the university plans to continue awarding degrees without necessary expertise to cope with the UK-wide industrial action. The marking boycott is part of the latest phase of industrial action by members of the university and college union at 145 institutions across the UK. Union members are refusing to undertake marking duties and assessment-related work. In response, universities are considering a number of measures, including changing marking guidelines and basing final grades on work already submitted. Many students have expressed sympathy towards staff, but also frustration that industrial action has had little impact on anyone but students, as universities have not reopened negotiations. The University of Edinburgh said it has robust measures in place to reduce the impact of industrial action and that work, including dissertations, would be read. Schools Week comment on teacher burnout after a report from Wellbeing Service Education Support shows a quarter of leaders, teachers and support staff said additional responsibilities were adding on average four to six hours to their working week. 15% of staff said they were spending an extra 7-10 to hours supporting pupils. The collapse in support services feeding into schools, including creaking mental health support and overwhelmed SEND services, has left schools and their staff struggling to cope. Jeff Barton, General Secretary of School Leaders Union ASCOL, said schools had become the de facto and unofficial branch of social and healthcare services but that a lack of training, resources or capacity was putting staff under considerable workload stress. The most common additional responsibilities included offering pupils and colleagues emotional support and dealing with difficult pupil behaviour. More than one quarter of staff surveyed said they had prepared food for pupils who didn't have any and 41% said they had purchased supplies such as pens, paper and school bags. In the same YouGov survey, two thirds of school staff said public bodies such as CAMS and social services had been unable to offer pupils support. Further details of the findings can be found on the Schools Week website. The Guardian reported on a proposal to recruit school leavers into healthcare service apprenticeships, which would allow tens of thousands of doctors and nurses to train on the job. The NHS workforce plan could see up to one in ten doctors and one third of student nurses trained through this vocational path in coming years. The alternative route would circumvent the standard undergraduate or graduate route. The plans have been met with criticism by unions, but Amanda Pritchard, Chief Executive of NHS England, has been speaking to pupils at a northeast comprehensive school where she encouraged pupils to earn while they learn and highlighted the 350 different roles available within the NHS. Finally, in Wales, the BBC reports that the increasing cost of food means school caterers are struggling to deliver on the Welsh Government plan for universal free school meals. The unit price was set with an assumption about possible cost increases, but Education Minister Jeremy Miles said the world has obviously moved on and a further review was needed. The current rate of around £2.90 per child in a primary school is being described as no longer viable as price increases of 20% on items like milk, cheese, fruit and vegetables take their toll. The Universal Free School Meals Plan is being rolled out in phases to all primary schools, although a target for every child in Reception Year 1 and Year 2 to be offered a Free School Meal by April has been missed. The policy has been welcomed, but challenges needed to be acknowledged. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox.
0: This is 2 Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello,
4: this week I've been searching for crazy technology. The tech I found ranges from rather funny to actually quite useful. Let's see if I can blow your mind. Everyone has probably used Google Translate at some point, even if it's just to translate a word into another language and back again to see if it changes. Well, the Google Pixel earbuds, paired with the Pixel phone, allow you to switch on conversation mode. Now what is being said to you in a foreign language is translated into your earbuds in real-time. What you say is translated and projected via your phone. You do need an Android 6.0 or higher to do this, but this has potential to be a game-changer for communicating not only when travelling, but in hospitality too. Next up is a quirkier invention, Smarty Pans. There aren't many things you can't connect to an app, and the frying pan is now joining the club. The Smarty Pan has a built-in scale to weigh your food as you add it to the pan, a handle that tells you when the pan is at temperature, and the app guides you through how to cook a meal you're preparing. Also, the nutritional content of your meal is calculated by the app. There's no advertised price for this pan yet, but keep your eyes peeled. It replaces a cookbook, reading the nutrition on a packet, and your kitchen scales, as long as you fry everything. My final crazy technology is the Hushme. This is an invention for those concerned about being overheard by others when talking on their phone or other connected devices. It works by muffling your voice so others can't hear you. Keeping private conversations private. Genius, I hear you say. I need one so I can work during my commute. Before you break out the credit card, it is a rather chunky device you wrap around your whole head. I'd describe it as a pair of large headphones that connect to a cup to cover your mouth. At just over £180 and making you look like Darth Vader, you may want to do a bit of research first. Do you know of any crazy tech? Do you own any? As always, why not get in touch at TT Radio Official. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing
0: on Teachers Talk Radio. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live um, and listen back at Um, ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on on Teachers Talk Radio.